Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one conclusive page of Talmud every day. And it is, with some measure of pride, but with bittersweet sadness, I would say, that I have to report to you that today we conclude our mystical, magical ride through this year, Tractate Tanit. We have discussed so much. We have met mystical figures like Choni HaMe'agel and Nahum, man of Gamzu. We have discussed suffering and redemption. We've had high highs and low lows. So here to give us the greatest hits, and as always, the meaning of it all, is our friend and teacher, Rabbi David Bashevkin. How are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute joy. And now we're on this treadmill of Talmudic tractates. And just as we were beginning to fall in love with Tractate Tinus, it's already time to say goodbye. This tractate ends with a remarkable passage that I think in many ways pulls the entire tractate together. Do you want to read that concluding passage and we can explain how it relates to the entire tractate? It will be my honor. Havilis, Ula of the city of Bira, said that Rabbi El-Azhar said, In the future, in the end of days, the Holy One, blessed be He, will arrange a dance of the righteous, and He will be sitting among them in the Garden of Eden, and each and every one of the righteous will point to God with His finger, as it is stated, and it shall be said on that day, Behold, this is our God for whom we waited, that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we waited. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation from Isaiah 25, 9. God will be revealed so that every righteous individual will be able to say, this is our God, as though they were pointing at him with a finger. Wow. So I think that there's a reason why the tractate ends with this imagery. This tractate has been about divine protests where we look at our lives and we feel and see a misalignment. That misalignment throughout our tractate has been expressed through drought, but very often that misalignment can be in our livelihood, in our family lives. We feel that our lives are askew. And this tractate has provided almost a crisis management of sorts. How does the Jewish community protest when we feel that our lives are misaligned? And it showed us through prayer how we cultivate an interiority, that inner world, to take responsibility for the misalignments that we find in our lives. But we also found that when we protest, there's a stubbornness. Because when your life, when the Jewish community, when we're lacking rain, you look at your life and say, we need this. We need a livelihood. We need rain. We need prosperity. And there is a stubbornness that that can cultivate, like in that famous story that you mentioned at the outset of Choni, who created that circle and said, I will not leave this circle until God answers our requests. And I think implicitly this tractate deals with a problem, that if the Jewish community is insisting on that stubbornness towards God and saying, we need the prosperity, we need the rain, that insistence can almost metastasize into a very fixed view in the way that we look at one another. And the way the Talmud addressed this was in that famous story that we read, it was the most enjoyable story in all the Talmud, about that rabbi who calls another Jew ugly. 
and says, you're not, this isn't the way a Jew's supposed to look, the way a Jew's supposed to act. And I think what the Talmud is telling us is that there are these two poles of insistence and wanting our lives a certain way and protesting towards God, but also ensuring, like the Talmud reminded us, to remain flexible like a reed, to look at one another with a flexibility. And the reason why the Talmud concludes with this very story is almost the integration of these two difficulties. This story is an imagery of the entire Jewish people sitting around in a circle and dancing. We are bringing the entirety of the Jewish people into, so to speak, that circle that Choni drew. But inside that circle, we're no longer protesting. There will come a time where we're able to all assemble within that circle and look at God and look at one another and not see ugliness, drought, difficulty on what we need to insist upon, but be able to point to one another and point to God and say, this is beautiful. Hadrin Allah, Mesechas Tainus, Bahadrin Allah. We shall return to you, Tractate Tainus, and you shall return to us. Amen. Rabbi Bershevkin, thank you so much, as ever, for being our guest. And we will see you very, very soon for a brand new Masechet. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia, with help from Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi, or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.